25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. You play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to the Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Hey, hey. All right, here we go. Hour two of the show, off and running. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. Local agents, competitive rates, fast service, friendly service. That's what you get at Farm Bureau. Thanks for tuning in. Also, this show stays connected to you around the clock because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. C Spire, customer inspired. Thanks for tuning in. You can always tweet me. I'm at Radio Wyatt on Twitter. Hit me up there. You can text the show. You all know the text line. Text away. And uh, you can give me a shout anytime on the Divini Equipment phone. Stay tuned. I'll give you the number. But you can call me on the Divini phone. That's what we use here on the show for phone calls. Divini Equipment is in Madison on Highway 51. And you can find them also, their location there in Raymond. Madison and Jackson, Divini Equipment, your Kubota dealer the oldest Kubota dealer in the United States of America. They've been doing it better longer than anybody else. And look, as a business owner myself, albeit very small one, (laughs) I can just tell you, I mean, to stay in business that long in the same business is a heck of an accomplishment. Especially when you're right here at home, you're family owned. Um, you, You just can't stay in business that long unless you're doing everything right. And they are. They do it right at Divini. And so y'all hit them up, check them out. So I'm knocking off all these teams, all these college football teams, counting them down to the start of the year. 100 teams in 100 days, which started way back during the SEC baseball tournament for us during May. And now we are less than two months. Today is number 54. But we've got other teams to do. Teams 57 and 56 coming up. 54 days today from... August the 31st, when everybody around here is going to put it on a tee and kick it off. If you're a huge high school football fan, even less than that. So what, Jamborees on August the 16th? Is that right? Yep. I believe that's right. And then that following Friday night, the 23rd. Here we go, buddy. Week one of the, of the MHSAA. I may go to the Red Carpet Bowl this year. I've never been to that in Vicksburg. But I really want to go. You get two games, four teams, two games on the same day, same stadium to start the football season every year. It's really cool. Really cool. They're in Vicksburg. The Red Carpet Bowl. I don't know who they're playing. I'm going to find out, though. We'll talk about it later in the week. <clears throat> Vicksburg, and we'll play somebody. Warren Central will play the other team. All right. So as we count down these teams, I mentioned this earlier. What I use kind of is just, it's not as a gauge. It's not as a ranking. It's just a list to go by of the teams out there in college football. And because it's online, every year I use the ESPN Football Power Index, FPI. 
That's all it is, a list, because they have them all on there. I don't want to use the coach's poll because they only list, what, 25. That's all. So I just use the FPI. And what happened over the weekend is the ESPN Football Power Index on their website, ESPN.com, they switched over. They removed the old FPI, which was the final one, the postseason one after last year. They removed it. It was gone for a couple of days and then replaced it with the new 2019 FPI. So teams are shifted around. It's a little different preseason one year versus postseason the other. So that means there's a potential that I could look up there and maybe see a team that I talked about back in May. And that's one thing I, I do have going here, but I, it's okay because it's an SEC team and I want to take another look at it. But with that said, let me say something about rankings, okay, preseason rankings. I, I'm i about to tell you something that is a very sort of an old codger, get off my lawn-ish kind of statement. <laughs> but a lot of you are going to agree with this. But this whole preseason ranking thing and even early season rankings deal is a bunch of hogwash. I tweeted about it this weekend, and I think what I said was dubious at best is what these early season and especially preseason rankings are. Now, I think a lot of David Cutcliffe, former Ole Miss coach and now the head coach at Duke, I just think a lot of him, and I've just always thought he's really sharp. And he's never really hesitated to just kind of speak his mind. He's not a controversial guy, but he's open about the idea that Man, these preseason rankings are just dumb. They're wrong so much of the time. Now, anybody, anybody with half of a brain, almost literally, could sit down and tell you right now, go ahead and put Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State up there near the top, Oklahoma, yep. Because all those those schools right there have the resources, the support. They are getting the recruits. Are they breaking rules? Yeah, probably, but so is everybody else. <laughs> They're all playing the same game to a degree. And so it is It is the truth. As we talk about declining football attendance in college football, one of the problems is it's so predictable. It is. It's so predictable. We already, look, anybody, you don't have to be 70 years old and experienced to be smart enough to figure out who, has the best chance in college football of making the playoffs, you just have to be seven and can pick up a pencil and could jot down. And, you know, there are kids all over the country in first grade that can tell you with pretty good accuracy who's going to wind up in the playoff at the end of the year. And that's another big problem that we have is that you have 129 FBS Division I playing football universities and frankly, every year, it's about the same handful of five teams and schools that have a legit shot at this thing. It's Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Oklahoma, and the rest playing for whatever. You know, so many teams in the country. The year is just defined by, well, did you, did you give Alabama a run for their money? Were you competitive against them? Because they have a pro roster. And the other teams don't. So you have this big divide, even at the highest level, and it just takes away a lot of the interest, I'll be honest with you. After what we've seen the last several years, it's just a constant Alabama-Clemson show over and over again. 
that I think people are tired of that. And it and Tim Brando tweeted about that over the weekend too. Now, that's the one thing. As I talk about preseason rankings, that's the one thing that you go, well, they get that right. Okay, well, fine. An idiot could get that right. The top four teams, <laughs> really. But the the rest of the poll is just, it's goofy about 90% of the time. Let me give you the example I tweeted, and then I'm going to get into a couple of these previews. I tweet an example. So over the weekend, I'm going back through the DVR, and instead of watching all the BS that's on TV now, I'm just going back through the DVR and just almost as having a background noise on in the office or in the living room, flip on an old college football game from last year. And it just happened to be the Auburn-Mississippi State game. October the 6th, 2018, Auburn goes to Mississippi State. Y'all remember what happened. State really needed to win badly after losing to Kentucky and Florida and just rolled Auburn in that ball game. Nick Fitzgerald, Kyle Hill went off. State ran the ball for like 350 yards in that game. And the defense just shut Auburn down. Yeah, so State beat them easily, frankly. State was a just looked like a much better team, physically, everything else, on both sides of the ball than Auburn. But as I'm watching that replay on my TV, I just had it on the DVR from last year, I'd forgotten this. Auburn, at the time of that game, was ranked eighth in the country, and State was unranked. <laughs> so a month into last season, they had Auburn ranked eighth, and State was unranked. You flip it around to the end of the year, two year, two months after that, better part of two months after that, State was ranked in the polls and Auburn finished unranked. So let me back it up. As of October the 6th last year, the time they played State, Auburn was ranked eighth in the country. They lost four of their last seven games and finished the year unranked. Auburn was eighth in the country, and the teams that they had beaten were Washington, Alcorn State, Arkansas, and Southern Miss. And they had them ranked eighth. Mixed in there was a loss at home to LSU. Had them ranked eighth. By the end of the year, I kid you not, this is a literal statement. Auburn was not the eighth team in the SEC, much less in the country. Folks, I'm just telling you, outside of the top five or so, the preseason rankings and that stuff, even the rankings that you're getting week to week in the first month of the season, are nine times out of ten just complete and utter. <laughs> and remember I told you. Because <laughs> this is the truth. So I mentioned uh, David Cutcliffe earlier, right? That's one of the teams, number 56, Duke Blue Devils. That's the Duke fight song. It's a real snoozer. Hey, you young parents out there. Any of you young parents out there you having trouble getting your babies to go to sleep at night? Just put the Duke fight song on loop. That gummit, that's terrible. That is just terrible. It's got no spunk at all. (laughs) 
<clears throat> hey, get this. Here is the Duke football. David Cutcliffe, your head coach. Here's the Duke football 2019 schedule. You ready? They're going to start the year versus Alabama. Where are they playing that game? Neutral site. Where is it? Jerry's World. Where is the Duke versus Alabama game? In other words, I should ask, (laughs) where is the location where Alabama is going to score 50 points in a shutout win over Duke? What's the location of that game? It's Atlanta, Georgia. I mean, I'm all for these schedule them five years ahead of time, cool neutral site season opener deal. The Chick-fil-A kickoff. That's what this one is. It's in Atlanta. I'm all for that, but come on now. Alabama versus Duke. Come on, man. You think I'm going to sit there and watch that with all the other stuff going on that first Saturday, Saturday, August 31st? Who's going? I'm going to tell you who's going to watch that. Roll Tide Nation, baby. The rest of us are watching anything else other than Alabama beating Duke 50 to nothing on the opening weekend. Neutral side game. I mean, congrats on getting that scheduled if you're David Cutcliffe and Duke. Congrats. Because you 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 can recruit to that. I mean, that helps your profile, no question, to be in that game. Season opener against Alabama, neutral site, Chick-fil-A kick, kickoff, great. Gonna get rolled. <laughs> get ready. In fact, I, I keep mentioning this ESPN football power index thing. I like it when they switch it over. They give you, like, it's just a prediction is all it is based on their power index. None of it means a hill of beans. But, like, they don't, they put a percentage, a chance that you'll win a certain game. Like, they they give Duke a 95% chance to beat North Carolina A&T in week two. It's about right. They give them a 70% chance to beat Middle Tennessee. That's about right. They didn't even put a number on there for the Alabama game. (laughs) I mean, there is no percentage. Like, it doesn't say a 1% chance. It doesn't even say zero. It says nothing. That's, like, what's less than zero? I'll tell you what it is. Blank. (laughs) Duke has a blank chance of beating Alabama. Not a joke, that is. Power to him. More power to him. Neutral site game. Good luck. You're going to need it. Uh, so they open up neutral side Alabama, then host North Carolina A&T. Stay for halftime on that one. Week two, they go to Middle Tennessee. Then they go to Virginia Tech. So they'll jump into conference play in the ACC on the road on a Friday night, September 27th, at Virginia Tech. The whole country will watch it on high school football night. And Virginia Tech will come out with their big open, you know, they play the song. What is the song they play? I don't know. Whatever. But, you know, so they have a big atmosphere for that one. Their first home game in the conference will be hosting Pitt, and then on Saturday, October 12th, they'll host Georgia Tech. Anyway, that's just a peek at the beginning of their schedule. What about last year? You know anything about last year's Duke team? I do. I know they put up 56 points on Temple in their bowl game. 
beat Temple 56 to 27 in their bowl game. Yeah, Duke's pretty good last year. They started the year 4 and 0 and then lost at home badly to Virginia Tech. They're 4 and 1 and turn around and beat Georgia Tech in Atlanta the next week. 28-14, started the year 5 and 1 and then lost four out of their last six games of the year. So a 5 and 1 start led to a 7 and 5 regular season because they lost back-to-back games to Virginia and Pitt. And then finished the year on back-to-back losses to Clemson and Wake Forest. After they got whipped by Clemson on the road, I don't know how in the world they mess around and lose 59-7 to in the season finale to Wake Forest. But anyway, they did, and that's uh, the story of their season uh, from a year ago. This is Duke. Now, I wonder if I were to ask you, to name famous alumnus, alumni, famous alumni of Duke University, could you name any of them that aren't basketball players? <laughs> Can you? Think about that a minute. Name one right now. A famous Duke alumni. Alumni. That's not a basketball player. Got any guesses? I know you don't. I didn't either until I looked it up. Charlie Rose, the interview guy. What is the name of that thing? He does those interviews. Charlie Rose. What is the name of that show? Dadgummit. Anyway, Charlie Rose. Tim Cook, Apple. Now, hold on, Auburn fans. Auburn claims Tim Cook. He claims Auburn. But he went to Duke. For his masters. It's true. All right. So you got that. Let's see some. Oh. Ron Paul and Rand Paul, the Paul family. They are um, Duke grads. Uh, Ken Starr. Remember him? What was he involved in? I know so little, care so little about politics that I, I know the name. That's all I know. Oh, yeah, the um, Ken Jeong, the uh, Asian actor who from The Hangover. You know, he's the one who popped out of the trunk. Remember that? The From The Hangover. It says Richard Nixon, former president Richard Nixon. He went to Duke. There you go. So now you know some things. Uh, the actor Jared Harris apparently went to Duke. Oh, NBA commissioner Adam Silver, Duke. Man, they are so connected to basketball. It's incredible, isn't it? There are all these basketball names. Anyway, that's Duke for you. and Or alumni, Duke alumni. And then let's take a real quick look. Instead of giving you any interesting facts about Duke University, because anything you look for there is going to all be basketball-related, <laughs> like even all their traditions. You look at like Duke University traditions. So it's all basketball. So on the Duke football side, history-wise, a couple things that stand out. One is Steve Spurrier was the head coach at Duke from 1987 to 89. So three seasons for him there at Duke was pretty good. In fact, I'm not... 
I don't have it right in front of me as far as looking up the uh, the records. I guess I could look it up. The Steve Spurrier era. 87, 88, 89. He was at Duke. First season, they went 5-6. and six. They beat Vanderbilt that year. Boy, I tell you what, some things were reminiscent of days to come, huh? <laughs> First season at Duke. You know, football wasteland. Spurrier went five and six, beat Vanderbilt. Had to finish a year on a four-game losing streak. They began the '88 season. They beat Northwestern. They beat Tennessee. I bet y'all didn't remember that. Steve Spurrier and Duke beat Tennessee in 1988. No wonder Florida hired him. And he beat Vandy again that year. Yeah. So anyway, Steve Sloan was. The uh, was a coach at Duke. So, in fact, Ole Miss hired Steve Sloan in 1978. And Sloan was their coach in 78, 79, 80, 81, and 82. And after the 82 season, Ole Miss let him go. And he landed on his feet at Duke the next season in 83 to replace Steve Spurrier. Coach there at Duke, 83 to 86. And... Is that right? No, he didn't. No, no, I'm sorry. I've got this wrong. He was actually before Spurrier. Steve Sloan left Ole Miss, went to Duke before Spurrier. Okay. Yeah, that's right. I got it. Okay. He was there, 83-86, and then Spurrier followed him up. He must have done well at Duke. Ole Miss hired Must have done well. Pretty well. Well, I mean, it's Duke. <laughs> Y'all stick around. Back on the show. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. They are the home team at Farm Bureau. Local agents, competitive rates, fast, friendly service. Check them out at favorites.com. Give them an opportunity at Farm Bureau if you haven't. I think you'll be glad that you did once it's all said and done. Also staying connected to you around the clock because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. C Spire, customer inspired. Let's get into it. Countdown of teams, 100 teams in 100 days. It's a tad bit of a repeat, but it's been almost, well, over two months. <laughs> Hadn't it? Yeah, technically. Been just a slightly over two months. So when they switched up the FBI, this team popped back up, and I'm glad to do it. I bet you don't even remember doing it. Arkansas. One of the more underrated fight songs, I got to admit. It's a good one. Good old Arkansas. Okay, so year two under Chad Morris coming up for the Arkansas Razorbacks. First time we talked to him about them, we kind of focused on what they did last year or didn't do. Since then, it came out that Arkansas, since the conference expanded to 14 teams, has the worst 
record in the league. They have the fewest wins and the most losses. They're at the bottom there. It's a rough go of it. For the proud hog nation. Their band plays It's Hard to Be Humble. You're perfect in every way. I like it. All right, so Arkansas is going to open the season in 54 days, August 31st, against Portland State, who they will beat handily in Fayetteville. And then week two of the year, Saturday, September 7th, they go to Oxford, Mississippi to take on Ole Miss. Arkansas has had some success in that series, haven't they? Especially in Oxford. Then week three, they'll host Colorado State. And then week four, they host San Jose State. Jeez, Arkansas. Get better looking each day. Great song. To know me is to love me. I must be a hell of a man. All right. um, Arkansas's non-conference schedule is a joke. August the 31st, Portland State. September 14th, Colorado State. The next week, San Jose State. And on November the 9th, the week before the, the LSU game in Baton Rouge, they go to they host Western Kentucky. <laughs> so do. Um, the ESPN, Football Power Index, the FPI, gives Arkansas a 26% chance to win at Ole Miss. Not good. And a 22% chance of beating Mississippi State at home in November. Even worse. So that's just a little bit of a look at their schedule. In the conference this year for Arkansas, road games are Ole Miss, Kentucky, Alabama, LSU. Home games in the conference are Auburn, A&M, State, and Missouri. So there you go. Famous alumnus, alumni. I can't get it right. University of Arkansas. Jerry Jones. See the most famous? Did the Walton family not go to Arkansas? They go somewhere else, other school? I know we talked about it earlier. I tell you what, I realized that Derek Fisher, um, the former NBA star, Derek Fisher, lefty shooting Derek Fisher, went to Arkansas. I did not realize that. Did he graduate from there? How did I not know that? Anyway, it's true. Current Boston Red Sox star, Andrew Benintendi, Arkansas. Anyway, there you go. So look at Arkansas. Let me flip it over now to team number 55, Pac-12, Cal Berkeley. Here we go. It's kind of like the Duke fight song, isn't it? Z... Let me sleep. Cal has had some pretty decent teams in recent years. Was it two years ago that Ole Miss went out there? Yeah, last year they were 
Not bad. Had a seven-win team. Played a really competitive bowl game against TCU and lost it in overtime. Low-scoring overtime bowl game. But um, last year, Cal, the Cal Bears, started the year 3-0. They beat North Carolina. They won at BYU and then beat Idaho State. Then lost three in a row. Oregon, Arizona, and UCLA. And they won two in a row. Oregon State and Washington. That's an odd game. They beat, Cal beat Washington last year. Washington was ranked number 15 in the country. Cal beat them 12 to 10. <laughs> That's an odd score. The very next week, they played a very low scoring game against Washington State in a loss. Eighth ranked Washington State beat them 19 to 13. They had wins. They won at USC 15 to 14. Beat Colorado, lost a season finale to Stanford, and then lost a really low-scoring game to TCU in the bowl game, 10-7. So that's a look at Cal last year. Uh, 2019 schedule. They come to Oxford and Ole Miss on September 21st. <clears throat> so there you go. Going to play um, the return trip this year. Come to Oxford September 21st. But Ole Miss hopes it's good and hot that day. Maybe it'll get up to 95, huh? We always think that heat and humidity here in the South is going to help you against uh, some West Coast team or something. And it's like it always cools off before they get here. <laughs> and maybe the lesson is it ain't as hot around here as we like to make it out to be, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, famous alumni from Cal Berkeley, all kinds of actors. Stacy Keach, look him up. Of course, Marshawn Lynch in the NFL. Steve Wozniak, co-founder of Apple, went to Cal. Yep. Uh, Greg uh, Gregory Peck, the old famous movie star back in the '60s. That's that's about all I got on that. Any interesting facts on Cal? Let's see what we have here. And then I'll send you on and we'll come back and wrap things up for you today. The campus colors at Cal are blue and gold. Blue was chosen for the California blue sky and the ocean and the Yale graduates that moved west to establish a university. And gold was chosen for the, quote, golden state. Hey, how about this? A gold nugget found at the Bancroft Library is believed to be the piece of gold that John Marshall discovered in 1848, which set off the California gold rush. <laughs> and now I really love this piece of uh, history here. There's a series of interconnected underground t uh, tunnels. They were steam tunnels built in the 1900s to generate power for the campus. In the 1960s, students protesting one of the chancellor's policies regarding the Vietnam War, and they chained his doors together. There was no other way to get out, so he used the secret steam tunnels to escape. And after that protest, they removed the handles on the door and just put a doorknob. I promise you I'm not making that up. I just read it. One more team on the countdown, and we'll be all caught up here with you on this Monday. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. Little JSU sonic boom to the break. Stick around.
Come on! The sonic boom! Talking at the side of your neck. What does that even mean? I don't know, but I agree with it. And it's kind of what I do around here every day with you on the show. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau. Go with the home team. All right. So we've covered a lot of ground. Previewing 100 teams in 100 days in the college football season. And we got one more to go here today. That's coming up. Hold on, big finish. Perfect timing with my sneeze. I was able to mute that as the sonic boom finished up. Sometimes it just works out that way. (laughs) Uh, Let me remind you, I'm going to throw one more heads up your way on this. If you're tuning in here today, this time next week, you'll hear me from SEC Media Days going on in Hoover. It's happening at the hotel that used to be the Winfrey. It's connected to the Galleria Mall there in Hoover. They've had um, discussions about moving it around and changing it up. And last year, they sent Media Days to Atlanta. And it was fine. I mean, it's Media Days. It ain't no big deal. But it split up. Okay, you know, they had like some media in one building. Radio Row was in another building versus where the players and coaches were. I don't know that the reviews were all that great for it in Atlanta, but they moved it around. This year it's back in Hoover. It's really kind of packed in there on two floors. Radio Row on the first floor. Escalator goes right up to where all the interviews and the big room and the TV stuff's happening. So anyway, that's where we'll be. So if you listen next week, I'll be there if everything goes off without a hitch. And... uh Ole Miss will make its appearance at SEC Media Days on next Tuesday, a week from tomorrow. And then on that following Wednesday, the 17th, Mississippi State. Joe Moorhead and and company will make an appearance there at SEC Media Days. So anyway, tune in next week, live from Hoover. It'll feel like it's go time, won't it? Yeah, buddy. It sure will. All right. Time for team number 54. Today is 54, so we're all caught up with the last several days. Team number 54 on the college football countdown to the start of the year. We're 54 days from August the 31st. And 54 is a team that you know very well. To the top. Southern Miss. Yeah. What a great band they have there to sit in this. I mean, it's not the sonic boom, but nobody is. All right, so they're going to start the year against Alcorn State. So Jay Hobson, head football coach, Southern Miss, facing his former school. Oh, cool, they're singing. Look at that. 
the Southern spirit will never stop. So Alcorn State in week one in Hattiesburg, and then Southern Miss goes on the road three straight weeks at Mississippi State Starkville, September 7th, at Troy, September 14th, and at Alabama, Tuscaloosa, September 21st. Get a mouthful of that. You never know. Then uh, they'll have back-to-back home games against UTEP and North Texas at the end of September, beginning of October in Hattiesburg. And then Southern Miss will hit the road again for two straight weeks in October at Louisiana Tech in Ruston and at Rice out in Texas. The month of November is no cakewalk for Southern Miss, but according to the ESPN Football Power Index, they have a chance to win three out of these four games. Um, UAB, they'll host UAB to begin November. They will go to Texas San Antonio November 16th, come back, host Western Kentucky in Hattiesburg on November 23rd, finish the year at Florida Atlantic. And uh, that's the only of their November games at the FPI anyway. doesn't give them a better than 50% chance to win that. So uh, that's a look at their schedule this year for Southern Miss. That week two deal at Mississippi State, man, look, it is so good. Well, both. I mean, the first week of the year, you get two in-state schools, Southern Miss playing Alcorn State. It's the way it ought to be. It's really cool. Um, Jay Hobson coaching his former school. You know, he he coached there at Alcorn State. Week two, they'll come to Starkville. It's going to be so much fun. It, the only thing that would make it better is if it was starting the season like it did back in 2014 when Southern Miss came up there. What I remember about that 2014 start to the year is it was that night game. It was a huge crowd in that finished, uh, renovated stadium there, Davis Wade. But then you had the threat of rain and thunderstorms throughout the day, even some before the game. It rained some during the game, a little lightning here and there. And it was kind of a bugaboo. Everybody was really excited about the year, but you wondered if it was going to put a dent in the the, uh, attendance. I don't think it, it, ultimately it did not, but it wasn't just a pristine day back then the last time that Southern Miss came to Starkville. You know, in the following year when State opened up in Hattiesburg, 2015, same thing. Not not a pretty day. Hot and humid. Jim Ellis and I were sitting in the, that next year, State went to Southern Miss in Hattiesburg, 2015. It was Dak Prescott's senior year. Nick Mullins, the quarterback on the other side. I don't, I don't know if it was his final year. He, he might have been a junior. But anyway, how about that? How about the fact that in 2015, when State opened the year at Southern Miss and Hattiesburg, we didn't know it, but we had two NFL starting quarterbacks playing each other. Dak Prescott on one side and Nick Mullins on the other. How cool. They kicked that game off at 9 p.m. Central Time. And I was sick as a dog. I was sick that day leading up to it. I was sick during the game, and after the game, I was miserable. (laughs) But they kicked that game off at 9 o'clock at night. Before the game, it was so hot and humid and muggy outside 
that the windows that remain closed there in front of our broadcast booth were so fogged up, Jim Ellis and I, we could not see the field. Couldn't see anything. And a man with the tallest, longest squeegee I have ever seen walked out on the back top row of the stands, about a 40-foot-long squeegee, and reached up there and squeegeed our window off so we could see. (laughs) Sure did. Two NFL starting quarterbacks that night. Reckon we'll have two NFL starting quarterbacks when they play this year, September 7th. Anyway, that's week two. I look forward to that. We need more of that. These in-state schools playing each other, it is great for everybody. You want to talk about something that brings people out to the game as opposed to leave them at home watching on TV with dwindling attendance numbers? You know what? Play games people want to see. And I have news for you. Nobody wants to see Ole Miss play UT Martin. But you have more people, you'd have a sellout any t- if, you'd, if Ole Miss would schedule Southern Miss, but they won't do it. You'd have a sellout. <laughs> and you're going to have a sellout when State plays Southern Miss this year in Starkville. You could sell more tickets if you had more seats. It's just the kind of thing people want to see. And another thing, instead of playing Louisiana Tech or Northwestern on your schedule, schedule Jackson State. Good on Southern Miss, getting a series with Alcorn State. More of that, period. All right, famous alumni, Southern Miss, Brett Favre, Jimmy Buffett. Need I say more? I mean, come on. Listen to the names. Brett Favre, Jimmy Buffett, Ray Guy, Cat Cora, Clarence Weatherspoon. I saw Clarence Weatherspoon when I was a kid in junior high. My dad took me and two of my buddies to the Birmingham Jefferson Civic Center in Alabama. And Southern Miss played Alabama basketball. Latrell Sprewell, Robert Ory, all those guys for Alabama. And Clarence Weatherspoon of Southern Miss absolutely took over the game. Southern Miss beat Alabama, and Weatherspoon, I think, had 19 or 20 rebounds in that game. He had about 19 or 20 points also. They could not stop him (laughs) around the basket. He was so much bigger and stronger than anybody Alabama had on that team. I'll never forget that. Southern Miss, team number 54. 54 days from the start of the year. Did you know that when the school was founded in 1910, it was called Mississippi Normal College? It was a teacher school. And then it changed the name in 1924 to Mississippi State Teachers College. Then in 1940, Mississippi Southern. Later to be known as the University of Southern Mississippi. All right, that'll wrap it up. I've enjoyed today. I hope you have as well. Back tomorrow, same bat time, same bat channel. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. See y'all on Tuesday. See you.